everybody, and welcome to Knights of Evening Star, a D&D show here on Wizards D&D, uh, D&D Twitch. That's the one. We're on that. I'm your Dungeon Master, Mark Sherlock-Humes, uh, and it's good to be back. We're sorry we missed you last week, but we're back. We're ready to play Dungeons & Dragons. And I am, of course, joined by my wonderful players. I am joined by the wonderful Mika Burton, Anna Prosser, Nate Sharp, and Jonathan Indovino, a.k.a. Shady Penguin. A I... good... Day. Yes, Anna. I need a supercut of all of the transition noises Mark has made to <laughs> us. The da, la, 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 la. I always do. I, like, I know. know. It's just I need it. I need that supercut. <laughs> Somebody will make it. If anything's to go by, the internet loves supercuts of things. That's uh, so true. It's inevitable with Evening Star as well. I'm sure somebody out there has probably made a. The, the nobles of Evening Star have one brain cell between them, super cut. You know, I'm sure that, <laughs> that exists somewhere. Um, so, yeah. It's funny because it's true. It's funny because it's true. Well, my dear friends, uh, welcome. Uh, I didn't have any major special announcements, unless there's something I've forgotten to mention, um, specifically Anna and Mika, who often remember these things more than I do. Nope. Nope. I'm good. <laughs> what what if I chose to remember something this time, Mark? What if, what if, if I you decided? Want to? Well, do you have anything, Shay? Um, let's play D&D. Yep, that sounds good. good. Yep, okay, that sounds great. Rogers and Hammerstein Cinderella is now up on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, the most this. important yeah, sure. announcement <laughs> yes, of them I'm all. Sorry, Brandy Cinderella is now on Disney+. Plus. I will watch <laughs> it as I've never seen it before, and I've been told it's very good, so I will very watch good. it. Um, uh, the only thing, oh, I'll probably mention this at the end, but uh, if you want to see a very cool D&D thing, uh, make sure you check uh, out some stuff I'm going to be doing next week as well. I've got a cool thing to talk about at the end of the stream. Um, but before then, let me give you a little recap on what happened in the last episode of Night's Meeting. It has, has been a week. We did take a little uh, week break. We had some poorly peeps, but now everyone's better and we're ready to play some Dungeons & Dragons. With Clive of the Wild Main had sought out the nobles of Evening Star to assess them and their people on behalf of the Fey Courts, our nobles take some time to settle after the dramatic events in Red Spring. Azara spends time deep in prayer, learning more about the goddess Adri Fenya, who has called out to Azara's spirit and begun to help shape it in faith and prayer. She teaches Azara the first of her tenants, embrace the freedom of the winds, do not let yourself be bound by chains, be they of steel, of law, or of heart. And encourage her, encourages her to do more and to learn more about her in general. Tarkle somberly informs young Aaron of Marcel's departure, but tells him that Marcel will return one day and expects Aaron to have improved his combat skills. With Clive beside him to show Aaron a few maneuvers, the group bond and dispel Aaron's sad mood. Dusk informs Agnes of events around Cormir, including the increasing tensions with the Feywild and with Davian Cormoril, whom the party have clashed with previously. He also presents a letter sent by a fellow noble with an offer of gold in exchange for their adventuring services. Dagmar Ionais, the local mason, also tells the party of a silver mine that must be investigated, and scouts report strange events happening in the northern mountains with a large band of orcs massing around a floating tower. The party decides to complete the noblewoman's request first and then follow up on the other matters. And after speaking with her dragonborn wizard, the party prepare themselves to head out. Um, and I would just like for one, somebody, doesn't matter who, uh, what do you guys remember exactly what your mission is, that this job you have undertaken? Oh, yes, Azara, hand up. I like it. 
You're muted, Mika. I am muted. We are to go to these haunted ruins, which are called the Haunted Halls, to find a lantern made of onyx stamped with a shadowed moon behind a mountain, and it is ruby-studded. There is also a store of potions in the castle, possibly a potion of youth, which we are have not determined if we are to bring it back for ourselves or for the the dragon Selling and the noble thief. lady yep. because we will get extra money. Um, and not much is known about these haunted halls other than they are haunted, supposedly, mm-hmm. um, and were abandoned by lady uh, such and such, so and so, stuff and stuff. I should have written that down, but I didn't. Sure. You didn't I'm write impressed. that down. There's a vague memory there of something about um it wasn't this noble woman specifically, it was a long time ago. It was something right. to do with her family and something that happened a long, long time ago. But yeah, some some mystery, uh, which is why adventurers are being sent to go in there, because you know, the the dragonborn wizard who you spoke to uh was uh, did kind of mention that yes, there may be some elements of danger because nobody really knows what's happened there. So um, I take notes now. <laughs> I love it. I am a big fan of note taking, uh, and that will come in handy later on, as uh, I do like to spring it on you. I'm just trying to remember the name uh, of the uh, Melodonus was the name of the Black Dragonborn that you spoke to. Yes, uh, he was by. cool. We're friends, um, now. and I believe you had stocked up on some potions from Hulda. Um, but apart from that, unless there is any preparations, uh, we can just have you guys on the road if you prefer. Yeah. Any arguments, Clive? No. All right. Um, I wrote the potions down. We have one healing potion. We have two regular healing potions, one greater healing potion, and one potion of strength. And I believe you are carrying all of those at yes. the moment, Zara. Any because bit, the, last time I, you said if I didn't write them down, I didn't have them. Very, very much so. If it's not in D and D Beyond or you don't have it written down, it's on you a don't have those though. items. I'll yeah. put it on D and D Beyond though. So you <laughs> in the same it. way that like right now, if Azara is the one who has them written down, Azara is the one with those items. So. That is uh, something to keep in mind. Um, generally, in terms of, and I'm, I'm not just saying this because I expect you to have any trouble. <laughs> uh, for me, I always do potions as you can drink a potion yourself as a bonus action. Feeding a potion to somebody else is an action. Um, and handing an item to somebody else is an action. You have to physically bring the item out and give it to somebody is an action as well. So if you um, want to trade questions around. Yes. If I cast Magic Hand or Mage Hand, to float mm-hmm. it over to somebody that's yeah, an that's action fine bonus. okay yep, cool. that's fine yeah you can do that so you could use a mage hand to deliver a potion at range obviously there is danger if the mage hand somehow got disrupted it might drop the potion and stuff like that but right absolutely. but if i'm like not within reaching distance that's cool Dope. cool 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 cool, cool, cool. okie dokie uh in that case we begin uh you guys set out are you just heading out on your own are you leaving things like your knights and things like that to just keep an eye on evening star you're not taking anybody with you you just want to basically head out the uh, the adventuring band that you are or is there any other preparations you guys want to make just because once you head off obviously we'll just crack on so are clive's friends coming with us No. Okay. <laughs> it makes sense. Um, the they are uh, perhaps not as they're not as powerful as Clive. They're not as trained warriors. They're good in kind of leading units or like messing with uh, military lines, yeah. but against things like monsters, they are not as as expertly uh, in combat. They're a military unit, similar to the Tresims and um, Illus's knights and things like that. So yeah, kind of, they function the same way. I'll tell them to like keep surveying the town, take notes. Mm-hmm all that 
Yep. Uh, Alyssa uh, as well will basically uh, have her troops patrol. You know, there are these reports of increased Feywild attacks. So, you know, Evening Star is on alert, and so they don't really want to divert too many troops away. So the four of you set out. Uh, you travel for about a day. You head down the high road, which stretches along northern Cormere and connects uh, the, grand, the great city of Arabelle, through Evening Star and then the high onwards, road, you say. The high road, indeed. I'll take it. <laughs> you, I, you will take the high road, and luckily, the low road is very, very far away. No one need to take the low road. Um, <laughs> the high road weaves its way through the northern plains of Cormir, uh, past orchards and farmers' fields, um, and all the while to the south is the is the Kingswood. This immense, great, ancient forest. Uh, that Tarkal, you know very well. Agnes, you would have spent some time in when you were training as a druid. Um, but it is this kind of heartland of Cormir. Um, and to the north are the Stormhorn Mountains, these great grasping peaks that stretch up on the skyline, um, very faintly dusted with snow at their top. Uh, and based on uh, the information that Melodonus gave you and the information you have from just local awareness, um, the Castle Braywinter, aka the Haunted Halls, as the locals call it, is about a day and a bit's travel. Um, you make your way through without really much incident, traveling along the high road. It's well patrolled, it's well guarded by the Purple Dragon Knights. They keep regular kind of patrols on there, so there's no fear of bandits or monsters. Um, and yeah. Uh, you weave your way through. You probably have to camp out overnight at one point, um, having you know brought various things with you. There aren't any settlements between Evening Star and where the halls are. There is a small village called Collinwood, but it's maybe about a half day's more travel into the Kingswood. So it's probably easier to just camp on the roadside. And there are even like sections like fields that have been stationed off for travelers to park up wagons, pitch tents, things like that. These kind of like camping grounds where people do stay overnight along the high road. Um, uh, if you would like to set a watch, you may do so. Um, and whoever is taking watch can make some perception checks. I think I'd like to take watch. Sure. Say okay. I don't have passive perception like some of y'all. Yeah. So uh, if you are camping out uh, on like, uh, you know, out in the wilderness, uh, generally you will need to have two people take watch, one for the first watch and the other for the second half. Um, and uh, if there are any preparations, spells, or anything like that that you would like to cast beforehand, then that's fine too. Um, but if Tarko, it sounds like you'll take the, the first watch, um, mm -hmm. And then somebody will need to take the second. I will remind the elves uh, in the full elves in the group, not half elves, but full elves, um, because of your trance, uh, you are awake for the second half. So one of you can easily keep watch on the second half of a, a watch as well. Agnes will you do need it. to sleep. Sure, Agnes. Okay. So in that case, let's have the crown silver uh, siblings. Uh, Tarkle, if you can give me a perception check, and then Agnes, if you can give me a perception check. Uh, 15. 15. Okay. 15. Twins. 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 Okay. The night is uh, not especially cold as summer is just around the corner, but it is a clear night sky. There are no clouds. And so as you camp out uh, with these kind of uh, royal tents that you've brought with you from the keep, um, the stars glitter overhead. Uh, you see these sparkling constellations drifting with very little cloud cover to obscure them. Uh, the light, the pale light of the moon shines down and casts, uh, casts the countryside in this kind of very delicate pale silvery light. But 
you do not have any troubles. Um, the, the watches are quiet and peaceful as the others rest and sleep beside you. Tarkal, there is probably uh, kind of, for at least a little brief period, the small brooch that you wear, the green emerald, um, almost seems to give you, give off the scent of wildflowers and this kind of pleasant breeze that seems to kind of almost surround you. Um, as you do so. And then when you take over from Agnes, for you, I imagine it's, it's, uh, there is a stillness, which is comforting, a little boring, but comforting. And the stars kind of blazing overhead. They are like little fires up in the sky uh, that cast down. But you awake in the morning, none the worse for wear. And having taken a long rest, right? And having taken a long rest. Yeah, indeed. Right. Long rest. I no sure issues. like those. Mm-hmm. About uh, just after a few hours after you awake, um, off the main road, a very worn trail begins to lead north towards the mountains. Um, and judging by the kind of instructions you were given, this is the road that will take you as close as you can get via any sort of path or road to uh, Castle Braywinter or the Haunted Halls, um, the same place. Uh, the road is incredibly... Uh, overgrown, well, not well trodden. It, it's been unused for hundreds of years. You can even just barely make out like cobblestones beneath grass and mud that's been grown over weeds and bushes and shrubs that have kind of obscured it, um, leaving just the very faintest trail uh, of this pathway that leads to the north. I look to Azara for direction since I feel like she like she's had all these notes so I think Agnes feels like she understands what we're doing the best so she's like what's next uh do I have a sense of where I'm going like yeah. that this, yeah. this is correct speaking with Melodonus he gave you pretty clear instructions and directions consulting Cormirian maps that you have it's not hard to find this place um but looking at the terrain, um, Agnes, I'd say, with your passive perception and Azara with your preparation, mm -hmm. yeah, this place is really abandoned. Like, you know, this is good land. There's no farms. You don't see any signs of people attempting to use this land. It's been left to the wilds, which is unusual. Hmm. Seeing as this land is so barren, but so easily usable i'd say something horrible is out there so keep on your guard mm. okay you guys begin following this trail about 10 miles from the castle you see it <clears throat> it's actually built high up into the mountains uh very defensible accessible um over a bridge which crosses um, the Starwater River that cuts through these mountains and into the Tempest Valley, uh, this swift-moving, ice-cold river. Uh, it actually passes through Evening Star, but it winds its way through these mountains and these valleys. And Castle Braywinter sits embedded in the mountains up high with this long bridge which crosses over the river towards the castle's gates. But the castle, it's odd, Azara, when you get within about 10 miles of this place, um, it's it's mid-morning and it's getting darker. The closer you get to this place, the ambient light is getting lower, um, as if, you know, sundown were coming. 
um, the ambient light around it seems to diminish. You can see the outline of the castle, but it's almost near black in the kind of gloom of these mountains. Um, you can just about make out the shape of the, the towers, the walls, the bridge, but really no detail. It's like looking at a shadow. Um, you can see just before uh, the river, um, about sort of like nine miles up ahead, there are a couple of like ruined buildings and what appears to be a stairway carved into the mountains that lead up to the bridge that connects to the castle. Um, but there are also some buildings at the very sort of like banks of the river as well. That's about nine miles ahead. Um, well, we all have dark vision, I believe, just to point that out, right? But is this a magical darkness? I was about to say... Somebody also, does was... Clive have dark vision? Ah, he does. Okay. <laughs> uh, somebody was smart and finally did this. I'd like to cast detect magic. <gasps> I know! I learned! Whoa. Whoa. Mm -hmm. I know. Big brain. Big brain that is, dive. That's pretty big brain. So, and you're <laughs> casting, so this is when you're still quite, you know, far away. When you've noticed the darkness begins to dim, right? I want to get a little bit close. Like, how far away is the castle? Uh, it's about 10 miles and then about oh, wow. in, in, in about nine miles there's mm -hmm. this kind of like small collection of buildings okay. um and then there is a staircase that leads up into the mountains and the hills that connects to this bridge that spans the river i want to cast it when we're like closer to the buildings but like clearly enveloped in this darkness yes yeah. so that's the thing when you guys continue on and you get closer and closer the darkness grows until it is almost night and it's the middle of the day like counting the hours there's no way it's nighttime but as you get to these buildings it's like twilight it, it's like it is nighttime um it's black around you uh your dark vision does appear to work um shifting from this kind of vibrant colorful hue to becoming this black and white monochrome vision um but it's weird it's you know when you turn up the contrast on a photo or a, on a screen too high and the blacks become these engulfing blacks that seem to just absorb everything around them? That's the same with your dark vision, which has never really happened to those of you who have used it before. You're used to this kind of monochrome black and white vision, but this is like the shadows are almost... Oh, good. It almost feels like you're going to fall into them. They, they're almost domineering the, the darkness of, the, of, the, of your sight. Um, Agnes, specifically you are looking around and you could swear, you know, if this doesn't sound crazy, you could almost swear that Tarkal's and Azara's shadows seemed to move on their own for a second. Like, they were moving ahead of you and their shadows almost twisted as if they were turning around to look at you and then they snap back uh, as they continue moving ahead. Can I roll an arcana check to see if I know anything about shadows with a mind of their own? Sure. Yeah, you can make an arcana check. On question. the detect magic. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. Can, yeah, that's what I'm uh, Are you casting that with a, just a normal spell slot? Yeah. You, yeah, because you can't ritual cast because you're yeah. sorcerer. Um, do you cast detect magic? So there's a couple of things. Um, the very air here is tinged with two schools of magic. That's oh, what no. you learn with the tech magic. You learn the schools of magic. Okay. But it is suffused into the very air uh, 
the buildings are soaked in it. The buildings that you can see just coming up. There's three buildings. I'll describe those in a second. Evocation and necromancy. Oh, lovely. Hmm. Both of these things, it's just, it's seeped into the very air around this place. Um, Feeling that, I'm going to stop everyone and I'm going to tell them whatever is here, whatever is causing this darkness, whatever is haunting these halls is dabbling in necromancy. And this could kill all of us, possibly. That's just, just be careful. This can't be good. And I will say, just to reassure your fears, the, the trace of the magic in the air is very, very minor. Like, it, it, it's because it's spread out over such an area, it's very diffused. I'd rather, um, I, even knowing that, I'd rather everyone feel panicky versus sure. thinking, eh, just a bit of necromancy. Just, just, just to give you a bit of the inf- extra information, because gotcha. it, you would be able to tell the strength of this aura right. as well. Well, you read a place called the Haunted Halls, you're probably gonna see some, well... Hauntings. Uh, I I interject with the very useful knowledge I have from rolling a nat twenty on my Arcana check. Oh, so nice. what's the total? Twenty two. Okay, because just remember, nat twenty on a skill check. It's no different to just you know rolling a nineteen. It's just a high number. Twenty two. Okay, so I just let me have my nat twenties when I get them. Mark. Mm. They're very rare. You definitely there are undead creatures called shadows that can they are manifested when a creature is slain or when it goes through terrible torment and they can become living undead creatures alone they move about they can drain the the strength and the life from you um they are powerful creatures you don't think that that's what has happened to azara and tarkle's shadow whatever is happening here this this gloom this twilight in the air is affecting the shadows of everything. Because when you look again, it's not just Azara and Tarkle's shadow. It's the shadow of the buildings. It's the shadow of a tree. Every now and then, they just almost twitch as if there's still life to them, as if something else had happened. Uh, the shadow of a tree moves as if a breeze has blown it. Uh, the shadow of a building, you almost think you can see the outline of a person entering and, and you know uh, leaving it. Um, it. It's like an echo. Of, a, of something that was before, or maybe a different time or something like that. Um, Do I get the feeling from all that that it's like they are in danger because of how their shadows moved, or just like it's good to be aware that there is some sort of other... You don't think that they're in danger. You don't okay. sense, like, I mean, an arcana check is more just knowledge. It's not like a magical sense, like a spell. Right. But what you know... If they were going to be creatures, if they were going to, if this was some sort of curse, there would probably be some other effects. Like Azar and Tarko would be acting differently. The shadows would physically be attacking people. Mm-hmm. You don't think there's any immediate danger. Well, I pointed out to everyone, and especially to Azara, and I'm like, see how the the building keeps twitching there, and 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 look there, it looks like somebody just walked in. There's something going on here, a, a parallel time or something. It's Whatever it is, it's a dark and powerful magic, and we should just be on our guard. 
uh, Tarkle and Clive, uh, while Azara and Agnes are kind of having this and, and thinking, because obviously when you're thinking about like trying to recall all your arcane knowledge and things like that, you're a little bit more distracted. Um, you two notice that, yeah, up ahead there are these three buildings and they look pretty, they're abandoned. They're overgrown, covered with ivy. Um, several of them have like collapsed roofs. Um, all three of them look to be in different states of, of collapse or like uh, ruin. Um, you can identify roughly what buildings they are from their outward appearance there is a stable which is definitely the worst looking building the roof has basically collapsed in the walls look like they're in pretty bad shape with rot and and disarray um and just damage um you can that's the the closest building is the stable there appears to be a large cottage that maybe once housed you know people um almost not like an inn but like maybe something with where a bunch of people stayed uh, lots you know a couple of different families might have lived together in that looks to be damaged but is in a far more stable condition um and then there is a very very small smithy um which is probably the the most stable building out of all of them uh, made purely from stone it doesn't seem to have much you know there's a bit of damage to like uh, the tile roofs and things like that but it's definitely the most safe of the three buildings um Uh, just having notes. Um, really quick though, when when uh, Agnes shares the stuff about shadows, Tarko would like instinctively take his dagger and just toss it at his own shadow. Like so, the the knife kind of this kind of glinting silver um, thump, thuds into the ground, and there is a second where make an attack roll for me. Sure, yeah. against your own AC. Ooh, what? Wow, my dice landed on my keyboard. <laughs> on a 12 uh plus eight so dirty 20 and that would hit you normally yes oh yeah yeah that's right yep. yeah yeah so the shadow you flick at it and the shadow you all watch as tarkle's shadow goes to dodge the attack as if he himself were dodging the attack and the it just strikes the ground the dagger just sinks in and then it just the shadow is, seems to be normal it just seems to be a, a, you know as if it was your own shadow but there's this second where you threw it where it reacts almost to the blow Weird. Oh, that's a Seeing fun that, trick you got there, lad. Um, I want to cast Word of Radiance at my own shadow to see what'll happen. That's radiant and damage, right? Yeah. So there is this kind of like burst of light. Um, as the kind of light envelops, you watch as anybody around you, their shadows kind of shy away from it. Like, in, And this is like instantaneous. It's like you only Agnes, I think, would really catch this movement. Um, they almost flinch from the light, but your shadow is just completely normal, bizarre, as if um, it's unaffected. Hmm. And we're sure this relic and relationship is worth what we're walking into, yeah? I think this is going to be fun. And we're here now, so it's too late to turn back. All right, Aaron will take care of Evening Star if anything happens to us, I'm sure. Let's go ahead. Go on. Um, <laughs> as you guys get close to the buildings, because this is you're still seeing them from a little ways away, um, there are noises. You begin to hear this kind of heavy thudding, something banging against wood coming from the stable, scraping noise. The other buildings seem eerily silent. The windows of the cottage are like pools of blackness that just seem to suck in. Even your dark vision, it's like looking into a shadow. These doorways and 
windows just seem to absorb everything. There's almost, it's, it's this uncanny feeling of being pulled in. Well, I... this kind of bang against the stable and this scraping. I doubt that the things we're looking for will be in the stable. However, it may be good to make sure whatever's making that noise is either friendly or mitigated. Agreed. And Azar will kind of like hold tighter to her staff, ready to kill something. Sure. I'll conjure okay. my wildfire spirit. Welcome, Candor. Candor kind of puffs in. Candor seems dimmer than normal. <gasps> no. No, no. The light no. of the flame, like the light of his fire, is not giving off anywhere near the level of light he normally gives off. Is it like um, a, like a, a lantern in the wind like it's still getting fuel but it looks like it's like guttering it's not to go flickering. out it's not flickering it's like a uh, it's like a filter has been mm. placed over him just completely like the saturation of the flames has gone out mm. um so agnes you want to go check out the stable do clive and tackle do you guys want to go with them do you want to explore the other buildings azara do you want to go off on your own i'm going with agnes Okay. Look at him trying to quiet. split the party. We yeah. know your tricks. <laughs> Offering, making sure that everybody is doing what they want their uh-huh. character to do. Uh-huh. Splitting uh-huh. parties. Yeah, I think I think that I would stay with Agnes and Azara and Clive. I'd stay Clive. with all of them no matter where they went. What does Clive want to do? Maybe Clive's just like, uh, which one were you going to? A stable. Clive would be most interested in that smithy. Yeah, sure. He's like, all right, you'll have fun then. I want to take a gander at what's going on in here. I put okay. my hand on his arm. I'm like, Clive, <laughs> I, hey. I, could could you maybe wait until we clear the stable? It would be better if we all stayed together, I think. I'll full stop right here then. Keep an Stand eye on guard. what's, what's gotcha. going on out here. All right. Because he okay. takes his morning star off of the off of his shoulders and just like pfft, slams into the ground. Yeah, you feel this like heavy impact, like kicks up like mud and grass and things like that as it slams in. I also okay. glance to see if I happen to hit my shadow. Um, <laughs> I think that there is like you look down at your shadow and you for a second it's like the shadow is scratching itself, but then it looks you blink and it's back to normal. I'm watching you, you little shit. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so uh, the, the the trio that are checking out the stable. Um, looking at this, Tarkle would probably have the best idea of this, and Azara as well, I think. Um, this building is in a very bad state. Tarkle especially, the, if this building gets disturbed too much, there is a chance that the roof's going to fully collapse. The doorway, completely blocked. Like, the, the wooden timbers have broken and collapsed in. Stones have fallen down. Uh, windows all blocked. There does appear to be a small, like, like gap in the wall that somebody could squeeze through. Um, but that seems to be the only way in. All the windows and that are just, yeah, completely blocked up by fallen debris. Um, how heavy do these wooden pillars look? Oh, I mean, mixture of weights. Um, you know, the heavy, heaviest stones are probably close to, you know, I mean, what does a person weigh? Sort of, you know, 100 and something pounds or something like that. Mm-hmm. Some of the wooden timbers are all going to be these thick, heavy logs, like maybe like 40 pounds each, 30 pounds each. Never um, mind. Yeah, more than a mage hand can... Gotcha. <laughs> it, um, um, could I burn it? <laughs> 
there's certainly like some of the wood you can burn. Some of it looks quite waterlogged and, and damaged, but some of it you could definitely set on fire. Um, the stones obviously won't burn, like all the collapsed like stone walls and roofs and things like that. But the timbers, yeah, for sure, you could try and burn some of those. Maybe create some space. Yeah, I, I mean, but they are also the timbers are also holding some of the structure up. So where the timbers yeah. have fallen, they're also like holding the walls up still. Um, too much damage and the whole thing might come crashing down. But Probably the, not the as best you get closer, idea. that's that kind of that that banging and it sounds like something banging against wood um gets louder this kind of like bam can i can i perceive what it sounds like like does it sound like a hoof or like a fist or like a make a perception tool? check for me make a perception check for me i roll 21 21 so the the wooden sound you can't quite figure out what that is it could be too many things it does sound like some sort of impact but the scraping does sound a bit like a horse's hoof, like scraping against the ground. There's a horse in there. We have to rescue it. Well, can't it's you totally to probably not undead. Can, can't you communicate with animals? Maybe see if it needs our help. Well, it's quite a large stable um, and it's, you know, all blocked up. Can't quite see in. I don't think I could reach it from here. Well, maybe we just need to find a way to squeeze in without disturbing the rubble. Yeah. So can I just like investigate the building? Yeah, you don't even need to make an investigation check, okay. Tarkle, looking at it. Um, you think that a character could squeeze through. Uh, it would be a athletics or an acrobatics check to move through the building without disturbing any of like these collapsed sections. Um, and you think that if if you if you cause too much uh stress uh by failing those checks. Each, each time you fail it, there's a chance that the, the whole thing might come crashing down. Not be me. My athletics is minus one, so. Has Agnes ever wild-shaped? Yeah. Nope. No, you haven't, right? Mm-mm. Okay, so I don't know that you can do that. Well, you might, well, I mean. I've seen you go, rah, once, and then. Yeah, you saw you primal savagery. Yes. But I, I would think that you would know that a druid can wild shape. Like, I think that that's... But, like, now that I'm thinking about it, it's it's weird, right? Tarkal might actually yeah. think there's a reason why you don't wild shape, and he doesn't... He might be like, oh, I can't bring it up. Like, I, even Jonathan feels weird for bringing it up, so Tarkal definitely does. As a mechanical question, if I have already summoned my wildfire spirit, I can't also wild shape at the same time, right? don't believe so because i think that it's um a use of your wild shape right yeah it is a use of it but I, that's what i was oh. wondering is can i use no i two think you uses? could yeah you could use two uses of it yeah i don't see i don't see that's why. Cool. it doesn't say in wildfire spirit that you can't wild shape right i don't think so i don't think it does either no i think you. i could. think it just says yeah as a as an action you can expend one of your uses of wild shape sure. to summon then, your wildfire yeah, in that spirit. case you can yep that's fine Hmm. Um, while everybody's thinking, Azara's going to actually hold out a hand and go, hold on. If this town has been abandoned for God knows who's, how long, how is there a living horse still inside that stable? It's probably totally not undead. Is risking our lives to possibly rescue something that would just turn around and kill us worth it? I was more thinking either we're rescuing something that needs our help 
or we're clearing out a potential future threat when we're trying to make our egress. But we have no safe way to assess the threat currently without potentially bringing harm to ourselves. Can't you become a bird? Oh, that would take away a really high level spell slot. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> then I will do it. I will okay. become a... Give me a minute to think. I don't do this very often. It's okay. I think that you can... Uh, your, your choice of beasts is quite limited because you're not a yeah. druid, so it's like, I think, like half your level, so like CR4 or something like that. I don't that's know. It's a, that's a, a good few things. That's a good few things, a good, yeah. You can become... I think you can still be like a giant coral snake, not like you need something giant right now, but... Yeah, uh, well, I, she, I can be some pretty cool things. Uh, okay, so you're level eight druid, right? Yeah. Uh, no, level yes. nine. Yeah. Nine. Eight's your highest level. You can become up oh. to a CR1 creature. So, yeah. um, you know, that's pretty much most normal animals, plus a couple dire animals and things like that. But um, you can also be a flying speed creature as well. Um, <sighs> well, let's see. I need to be something small and hopefully... Mouse? Yeah, but something that maybe has like a little bit of defense, you know, like... That's not going to happen with CR1. <laughs> yeah, it is. I could be a giant wasp, for example. Oh, there you go. That's only CR 0.5. What size is a giant wasp? Oh. Uh, probably giant, I would assume. Yeah. <laughs> also, yeah, it has to be a beast. It has to be a medium beast. beast. Giant wasp is medium beast. I don't know. It has to be... So a medium creature like... is basically the same as a person, so you're still going to be trying to squeeze through this space. I can't, I can't say... change into something smaller? Yeah, of course you can. Yeah, you can you can be anything. It doesn't have to be CR1. You can be anything from zero to one. Um, so it's like you can be a cat. You could be a badger. You could be a bat. A you raven. Could be, uh, a raven. You could be a, you know, I would say that any tiny creature can easily go through this building with no check whatsoever. You can just literally walk through these holes and prowl around. You're not going to be heavy enough to set anything off. Small creature, I'll give you advantage on any checks to move through it. Medium creature has to make checks to try not to disturb the walls. Okay. This is not the highest, like, this is a waste kind of of the CR potential I have. It's CR, like, zero. Yeah. But I, I think a scorpion might be a good idea here. Okay. Sure. So, all wild shape into a scorpion. Yeah. So we watch as beautiful Agnes with her red resplendent hair and resplendent dress begins to shrink, her form kind of twists and reshapes itself um, into this tiny red scorpion. That and the carapace kind of, kind of like glints a little bit like it's on fire. Yeah. Not like it's on fire, but you know, like it looks fire. Like it's holographic. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, um, and yeah, you got some hollows in reverse hollows? Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you can scuttle in with no problem, Agnes. Uh when you do, you find that the inside of it, yeah, is a mess. This this place, a couple of wrong moves, and this place will just go crashing down. Are you trying to be stealthy? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I would like you to make a stealth check using Le Scorpion's stealth bonus. Uh, and that's a... Zero. <laughs> okay. Plus zero. Uh, you are Plus tiny, though, so zero. it's not very high DC to stay unhidden. It is a 12. A 12. Okay, that's fine. You scuttle your way through this uh, this stable. And what you find is in the very center of it, where the, where the stables would be, where the pens for the horses would be, 
you see something which is, yeah, a little bit unusual. There appears to be a dark-colored thoroughbred, because you would recognize a thoroughbred horse as a noble war horse. However, it seems to be partially see-through. It is connected to a rope that is also partially see-through that is wrapped around this wooden pillar. Um, And you can see the horse is pulling on the the rope um, and stamping its hoof and scraping it along the ground. And it doesn't seem to be able to move or really get free because of this rope. And every time the rope, even though it's this kind of same see-through insubstantial form, when it tugs on the, the wood, it makes this kind of heavy knocking sound as if something's pulling against it um so it almost looks as though like part of this horse doesn't exist in this reality very that's exactly what it looks like yes it's it's there but it's also not there do i know anything about like how to pull things from one like plane of existence to another that doesn't seem like agnes's forte i'm gonna say uh, unless you want to get me a natural 20 on another Arcana check, probably not. Well, let's try it just to see. I doubt it, but nope. Uh, you, well. would, you would know enough that, yeah, this thing doesn't look like it's actually on this plane. It looks like it's like, yeah, somewhere But it doesn't else. look or like it's a, a ghost. Maybe it's a ghost. It looks like a normal horse. It's like yeah. a saddle. It's a thoroughbred. This powerful black stallion. Um, just doesn't, it looks like it's either a ghost or it's not real. Can I look around and see if there's anything else that's notable in here besides the horse? You kind of scuttle around your little... Up on the ceiling? Yeah. Sneaking your way around. The horse doesn't seem to notice you. It doesn't seem to be aware of your presence in this tiny form. Um, You can't see anything else in this place. There is a kind of... There is is like, again, these collapsed walls, but this is really it. This kind of shadowy see-through horse. That's it. Is It's attached to a rope? Mm Mm-hmm. And the rope is also partially see-through, just like the can I Can I scorpion clamp, cut the rope? So when you get down, you try and the rope, it, the claw goes through it as if it's not there. It's just like... Hmm. Actually, no, technically, make a um, make an attack roll for me. It's not actually, uh, it it has resistance, but not uh, immunity. Any kind of modifier or just? Uh, You have a plus two to the attack roll. Um, So 20. So you rolled an 18 plus two Mm -hmm. as a scorpion. So the little kind of, you kind of clip the rope a little bit. Uh, It does one piercing damage. Um, It's immune to poison damage because it is a rope. Um, and because it's resistant, it takes half of one, which is thankfully a minimum of one. <laughs> so you kind of like snip at like a couple of cords and they fray and they snap. Um, but you do see it does seem to have an effect. Um, and the horse at this point, I'm going to make a perception check for it. Uh, its head <laughs> turns around and it sees you as this scorpion. Um, <laughs> hmm. Freeze. You freeze up, okay. Yeah. So it kind of like, and it 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 tugs on the rope uh, as if trying to like get free. And again, this rope just goes taut, and you hear something slamming. As it pulls harder, bits of tile begin to break down. What do you want to do? Uh, it's like I don't want this horse to have to be stuck in here, but I also know that if I set it free, it'll probably hurt itself. 
but it'll probably hurt itself anyway. So I'm just going to keep <laughs> on the rope. Okay. All right. Give me another attack roll. Plus two to the attack roll. Come on, Scorpion Claws. This is really just how like strong you are to cut through it. Spirit of Scorpion. Twelve. That is enough. You cut through another little bit. It's about halfway cut through this rope. You're like <laughs> cutting at this rope. The horse, I'm going to make a check to see how much it panics. Uh, it tugs again. <laughs> a big chunk of roof kind of <laughs> outside Zara, Tarkle, and Clive. You see chunks of the roof kind of cave in. A piece of wall buckles. Um, you can hear this kind of heavy scraping. And now you can begin to hear this kind of... <laughs> Uh, as the horse is becoming more agitated. Give me another attack roll, uh, Agnes. Um, uh, Agnes, what's going on in there? <laughs> Scorpion noise. <laughs> Seven. Seven. This time you just don't quite have the strength to get through the, the, the fibers of the rope. Um, but the horse seems to almost sense something's changed. Like, it turns around and it sees you soaring with these claws at the rope and it pauses and with quite intelligent eyes it seems to be watching you no longer tugging uh, at the rope as much but the damage has already been done and a few more pieces of, of roof do begin to pull down what do you do and what does everyone Keep else do outside if you guys want to do anything sure give me another attack roll uh zara tarkle clive um this this place is coming down you've maybe got a few rounds um before this thing collapses there's no sign of agnes uh I'm going to, as I'm casting Mage Hand and sending it through the hole where Agnes mm -hmm. was, I'm going to say, Agnes, whatever is in there is not worth your life. And I'm going to just like leave the hand where she can like possibly get feet on. In. Yeah, like <laughs> so where she can, can get up on it so I can snatch her out if need sure. be. Okay, so you're going to basically cast that and then hold like an action to try and yank her mm -hmm. back when you see it. Okay, yeah. that sounds cool. Um, Clive, uh, Tarkle, anything? I see. Okay. I see Agnes do that, and I just wait. I'm like, oh, I mean, not Agnes. I see Azar do that. I'm like, oh my god, Agnes. And then that's it. <laughs> um, it, so I'm outside of this stable they went in. Are they like in shouting distance or? Oh yeah. Kind of so like for Clive, you're stood like maybe 25 feet from Azar and Tarkle, who are stood yeah. at this wall, like trying to peer into this like hole. Uh, but they can't see what's going on inside. They're actually outside the stable, but just like peering in through this squeeze space. They're like 25, 30 feet away. You're right in there. <laughs> um, well, Agnes went in and hasn't come back out. And, uh, and she's a scorpion, so. Oh. Uh, Agnes, attack roll. You said that it's like within like two turns of falling down this place, right? I mean, maybe. Like, I didn't say, I didn't say how many turns. I said you have turns before it comes down. I didn't well, say it, how many. It's in bad it's shape. Bad. It's bad. Like, it's, it's, if the horse had kept tugging at this rope and like had been more forceful, this would probably be coming down very, very, very quickly. Uh, because it stopped, whatever um, structural kind of damage it's done is it's going to keep happening. Like it's, it's falling down, but it's not as... It's, you've got some time, potentially. And the the way that this is laid out is you said that there's kind of an entryway where there's beams fallen down. Imagine you've got like a big barn, right? You're in the mm -hmm. pen where they keep the horses, which is in the very middle of the building. And you had squeezed in through a side wall uh, through this tiny gap. So there's like a good sort of like 30 feet to where um, you came in to where you are now. There's like a good sort of like distance of time. And I'm trying to get a sense of what the structure is like. Um, like 
the is it every wall is kind of caving in or is there like there's three walls that are pretty normal but one is falling down or is there I, a I would door say or windows the doors and windows are mostly collapsed um you would probably need to give me like some sort of intelligence check to try and figure out like okay is there a safe space in this place that i could dash to or is there a particularly wall that looks more structurally sound um, i'm not trying to, tell to inside. i'm not trying so in agnes's mind Mm-hmm. This this dream plays out, right? Where she's like, she can't cut through the rope. So she's going to s- snap in frustration, unwild shape, turn into herself, summon candor at the same time to come in and flame seed the rope. Agnes is going to cl- cast bonfire at the wall and then vault onto the horse and with her superior animal handling, convince the horse to run through the burning wall before the building collapses. That's what's going on in Agnes's scorpion head. I love that. And you are absolutely welcome to try. Sick. I also just should have sent Kander in here in the first place. Kander is really small. I don't know why that didn't occur to any of us. And here I am. It sounds like you have a great plan. Which I'm very it, excited to facilitate. It does sound like does a sound really great, great plan. So sure. I'm going to try to do all at once because Candor yep. uh, shares my initiative order. He does. So technically yep. all at once, Candor, enter, flame seed the rope, Agnes, unwild shape, cast bonfire, and then I'm going to try to animal handling the horse. Movement to jump on the horse. Yeah. This, yep, sure. Okay. So let's go, take this in order. So Candor, you, Candor mm-hmm. uh, appears. Mm-hmm. Um, the kind of dim flickering flames poof, appears. The flames uh, erupt, but not maybe as brightly or as powerfully as they once did. And he's going to spit fire at this spectral rope, yes? Mm-hmm. Give me that flame seed attack. So this is like a rope. He has to try and hit it. It is like a thing to hit. It doesn't, it's not particularly hard, but it is, you know, a smaller target. Candor gets ten, uh, 13. 13 hits. Uh, and... This is not... Uh, it is resistant to fire damage. So roll damage for me, just in case. Eight. Eight. With that, Kander appears. <laughs> this kind of little ball of flame erupts from his wings, and it burns through the spectral rope. The spectral horse kind of raises up. <laughs> its hooves come slamming down. At this point, though, the flame bolt that had gone through the rope impacts against some of the timbers, and you hear wood begin to splinter and crack as the walls are about to kind of begin, you know, breaking down. You unwild shape, and then you're going to cast Create Bonfire at one of the walls, yes? Mm -hmm. Um, How much damage does that do? Because I'm not going to make a deck saving throw for a wall. 1d8. Roll me that damage. Two. Two points. The fire erupts, but the wall... You know, the timbers do crack, but these are solid, thick Cormirian wood timbers. The flame isn't enough to, like, break them or smash them. Um, and also, fire and horses haven't historically gone very well together. No. Mm-hmm. Um, so the horse uh, panics. But that's um, why it, the animal handling's so important, Mark. So, and this spectral horse that you attempt to throw yourself on, you feel your body beginning to pass through it as you leap onto it. But make an animal handling check for me because it is partially see-through. You begin to almost fall through the horse. But give me that animal handling. I rolled a one, but it's still a nine, because I'm so good at animal handling. Make the roll with advantage, because you did free the horse, actually. Huzzah! Come on. Big money. 
21. 21. So, whilst the fire erupts, the horse's eyes, and you see it panic at the, the fire, the collapsing walls, but in its eyes, you do recognize it sees you as the person who has set it free. And as you begin to phase through the horse, something shifts, and suddenly you find you're able to grab it, like it's a real saddle. Um, you grab the saddle, but you look, and your arm is partially see-through now as well, and the horse drags you, and it runs and runs through the wall. And you have to, you, there's a moment where you're like, wait, and your hand passes through the wall too. And then you emerge whoosh, almost as if you were a speck to yourself whoosh, through the other side. Six seconds later, and I joke you not because I rolled how long the walls would last, the whole thing whoosh, comes crashing down. Um, as the rest of you see Agnes emerge um, partially see-through with this horse, this kind of spectral horse, whoosh, whoosh, uh, as she's kind of dragged with it. And then, it, you know, you kind of let go as you stumble to your feet uh, after being pulled through. Um, yeah, I, I imagine that as soon as we get through, I kind of let go and like poof, 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 roll on the ground. Yeah. Candor comes uh, and ro rolls around my head like a tweety bird. The uh, the horse kind of does like a parade ground turn, uh, kind of looking around, uh, sensing itself that it's become free. Um, and it, yeah, kind of scrapes at the ground, bows its head, um, and it just remains. It doesn't. It doesn't run off. It kind of lingers for a moment. Um, Does you can it? See this like in awe, very beautiful saddle uh, that's been placed upon it. You can see like brass furnishings, um, inscribed leather. It looks like something might be written on the saddle. Um, but yeah, otherwise it just remains there. Is it still partly translucent or mm -hmm. transparent? Yeah, you are not though. Cool. I'm going to cast speak with animals. Interesting. Wait. What about the rest yes. of you? What's, how does everyone else react? Because <laughs> uh, obviously you've just seen this all happen. So <laughs> let's check in with everyone else. So oh, I guess that's, that's nice then. <laughs> yeah, so I guess the, 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 the thing okay. wasn't in there. The uh, what we're looking for. No. No. Is the building like completely down now? Is it like leveled? <laughs> it's, it's, it's like a collapse. It's just like <laughs> completely. Um, as a point, if you'd been in here, because I do like telling people these things, uh, that would have been 5d10 bludgeoning damage <laughs> if you'd been inside. And if the oh. scorpion has one hit point. So you would have taken one and then Agnes takes the rest. Yep. So, uh, but I didn't. Muted. That's true. Azara is going to very slowly and cautiously approach this horse. Sure, give me an animal handling check. I can do that. Oh, Joe, 17. Nice. 17. Okay, so it doesn't panic, um, sensing strangers, like you kind of, you know, approach it calmly and yeah. softly. Um, you hear a kind of... <laughs> um, and it kind of like tilts its head and it lets you kind of approach. Um, it seems to almost like look in Agnes's direction to make sure Agnes is okay. Um, but yeah, it kind of like... <laughs> and begins nuzzling at the grass. It tries to eat grass. It doesn't eat anything. It's the grass kind of like goes between its teeth and things like Aww. that. Um, can I do an arcana check? Yeah. To see if I know about half translucent horses that also sure. make other things translucent. Sure. Yo, twenty-seven total. 27. She knows everything. I know the you... world. <laughs> There's a couple of things you know, Azara. There are spells. There is a spell, an illusion spell called Phantom Steed, which can summon, you know, a transparent horse, right. but it's temporary. 
it, right. it normally lasts for an hour. Um, right. It's a magical, you know, illusion that can travel you. This doesn't appear to be that. This seems to be more permanent. It, you don't get the sense that this is an undead creature. Okay. It's not behaving in the same way that an undead creature would. Um, there is one hypothesis. The only thing you can really suspect is that this horse has been subjected to some very powerful magical effect that has partially placed it on the ethereal plane. Um, yeah. Um, and would I know if being on the ethereal plane could bring others onto the plane at will? Uh, some creatures can do that, yes. There are some creatures that can travel and, you know, bring things into the ethereal plane and, and come back into the ethereal, uh, to the material plane. Um, there are some things that can do that, yes. If um, only normally very temporarily. It. Right. Um, okay, um, I, I would convey that to Agnes. Sure. Yeah, and Agnes, you finish casting Speak With Animals. Um, and I uh, incline my head to the horse and I say... Greetings. Uh, it looks at you, um, that, but you don't hear any voice back. It seems to be able to understand you, but it cannot. It doesn't speak back to you, even telepathically. There's just no communication. Were you a prisoner here? It just looks at you like a horse would. Can you nod or shake your head? Okay, cool. So you were a prisoner here? Not? It, you don't get the sense it understands what prisoner means. Mm. Still got the intelligence of a horse, I'm afraid. <laughs> uh, so, I am guessing, or Agnes is guessing, from what Azara told her, that if this horse is partly in the ethereal plane, maybe it's not technically completely an animal, and that's why my spell is not working? Or it is speaking, but because you're not on the ethereal plane, you can't hear it. Okay, that makes sense. Um, let's see. Oh, so speak with animals is not concentration. No. Sweet. I cast a spell magic on the horse. Interesting. Roll a d20 plus your wisdom modifier. Do, 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 do. Wisdom modifier. I don't like the way that he said interesting. 10. You cast Dispel Magic, and whatever effect, whatever thing has happened to this horse, it rebuffs your magic. It, it has a strength to it that just knocks your magic aside. Whatever did, whatever happened to this horse was very powerful magic. Hmm. Um, but so it, even between casting all these spells, by the way, Azara and Agnes, as you're looking... Um, you do notice that on the saddle uh, appears to be uh, a name. Um, it, is, it is called Shroud, this horse. Is there any... You said there were other inscriptions on there. Is there anything else that it says? Other than um, the name? Uh, just uh, property of Bray Winter. Property of the Bray Winter family. Shroud. Um, hmm. As I'm... <laughs> Meanwhile... Oh. Go on. No, no, no. Oh, no, on. I was going to say, uh, as I'm realizing, like, petting this horse and realizing that his name is Shroud... Uh, well, when you go to pet it and your hand just... Right. So as I'm examining and, and realizing his name is Shroud, um, I will turn to Agnes and say, Agnes, you're, are you communicating with, with Shroud mm -hmm. here? Could you possibly ask him if he, if he knows what's in the castle? 
Well, I can't hear what Shroud says back to me right now because of the magic. I think I can ask Shroud yes or no questions. Okay. Um, should we be worried about what we will find in this castle? So is there danger? Is there danger ahead? I, I ask Shroud that. Inside the castle, is there danger? It nods. Yes, there is. Um, so, just because I don't want to leave Shady and Nate out of things for too long, I want to make sure that everyone gets a chance to do stuff. Do you guys want to do anything else while Agnes and Nazar are talking to the magic see-through horse? Do you guys want to do anything else? <laughs> what a sentence! <laughs> if they're standing there, like, having a conversation, I think I would look to Clive and be like, so you wanted to check out the smithy? Bye. <laughs> <laughs> just two horse girls talking to their magical oh through horse. They're gonna be there a while. That's I Demi think that Tom horse. and Clyde oh can gosh. definitely pick that up. Um, well, if you guys want to check out the Smithy, it, it's not far. All of these buildings are quite clustered together. You get the sense that maybe this was like a small community to help. I don't know. Maybe like these were people that worked at the castle, or maybe these are people that yeah, basically like service the castle. Uh, you know, a stables, a smithy, some sort of cottage. It would make sense that maybe these were like for the servants or like the serving staff. Um, the smithy is, and when you look over to it, and if you begin heading over there, it's mostly overgrown. Um, it has like an outdoor work area with a couple of like stone workbenches, um, the remnants of some sort of like crucible or like maybe a storage area for coals. Um, and then there's this like two-person building with a big stone forge, a rusted anvil um, inside of it. Uh, there are a set, there's sacks and barrels uh, that seem to be mostly intact, um, and you can see this, these great big flagstones set into the floor as well. And the, this building isn't as, like, damaged as no, the stables it's, This were. is all stone, so it's weathered things like storms and things a lot better, um, like years of centuries of time. It's eroded it. There's, like, some broken bricks and things like that. The anvil's useless. It's, like, a rusted, you know, completely covered in, like, this, this rud, red rust and moss, but it's, you know, it's weathered everything else a lot better. And because of that, the barrels and the crates and the sacks have also seemed to have lasted a bit more time. They're broken down. Some of them are quite rotten and moldy, but um, you do catch the glimpses of there might be some things hidden inside. Um, you can kind of see little kind of like... I'm on old kind of and Yeah, okay. You just kind of crack these open. It's They break open in your pores quite easily. Um, inside, uh, in, if you go through all of them, um, there's a set of 10 torches a tinderbox, a flask of oil, and a sack of coals. Um, uh, but that's just what you can see in the, in the, the crates that are you know, scattered around the, the smithy itself. Um, if you wanted to do any further investigations, that's you have to take investigation checks and stuff like that. Yeah, all that stuff is not very interesting, so Clive's <laughs> just kind of like taking it out and throwing it behind him. Sure, yeah, it's, uh, it looks well, like it's all nah, mundane nah. stuff, yep. Um, yep. Yeah, I agree. I'd want I'd want to do some uh, you know, some searching. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay, investigation. Investigation for both of you then, please. That's a 20, obviously that doesn't matter cuz Anne already got yelled at for this, but it's a crit. And uh that's 28 I didn't total. Yell. There's no yelling. Sorry, I'm sorry <laughs> you didn't yell. I'm sorry, DM. Don't yell at me again. I got a 15. 15. Okay. So you both find this. Maybe Tarkal finds it a bit quicker, but Clive, you notice this as well. Set into the floor, just at the base of the forge, where you would, like, place things in to be worked and heated up, one of the flagstones is a little bit wonky. And there's, like, almost, like, 
chips at the very edges of it. I'm all I'm all mess with it. Yeah, would you? How do you want to mess with it? You want to like like try and pull it up? Do you want to try and break through it? So it's it's not like it has any kind of give or anything to it. It's just like. If, do you want to try? Do you want to try and like get your claws into the sides and see if it will like come yeah. loose? See okay. if I can like rip it up. Yeah, your claws kind of like get in and with a bit of strength and heft of your muscles. Yeah, it comes loose. This whole flagstone seems to slide out, um, and it's not a big space underneath. Um, it's just big enough for what appears to be um, something wrapped up in a kind of quite well-oiled leather, like this kind of old leather bundled up. Um, something has been wrapped inside and placed beneath this stone. Um, and you both find this at the same time. Clive obviously pulls it up, but Tarkle, you see it in there as well. I'll take it. Go ahead. I found a secret. Do you think that's the, the, the relic we're here for, or? We'll find out, won't we? Do you want to like open up the bundle, like untie like these leather straps and like roll out the leather? Yeah. See what's inside. Sure. You unwrap it, and there's this kind of pungent smell of oxide and metal, and you kind of <coughs> cough for a moment. And laying on the leather, um, it's probably the brightest thing you've seen. It's as bright as Tarkle's dagger. This silver longsword beautifully well made um it's got silver inlaid into the hilt and pommel the, the blade is steel but it's polished to like you know have a silver inlay this kind of thin band of silver that runs through it um and it has a onyx like a black deep onyx set into the pommel um it looks expensive very very well made weapon um looks expensive um yeah that's what you find is this what we're looking for uh, honestly, I'm not really sure. We'll have to ask Azar. I know it's not the potion, though, which is a little more interesting to me. <clears throat> mm. But it looks better than a horse, I would say. Oh, we'll let the horse be the judge of that. Sure. Uh, and yeah, if you guys make your way back, uh, while you guys are doing that, Azara and Agnes, um, if you want to continue questioning Shroud, or if there's anything else you want to do. I have more questions for this horse. Sure. A lovely sentence. Um, <laughs> Shroud, uh, do you know how you wound up partially in another plane of existence? Uh, it doesn't understand that question. That's, it yeah, just that's fair. Blankly. Do you know what happened to you? It shakes its head. I'm assuming Agnes translates yes, yeah. these questions. Uh, so. Did this happen a long time ago? Nods its head. Are you very old? Mm. It nods its head, but in an uncertain way. <laughs> it's like... I would imagine right. that's because this horse clearly hasn't aged right, the amount of time. And, yeah. and, and that's... that's Ag when Agnes or Lazar, when you think about it, yeah, this does yeah. not look like it's aged a aged day. At all. Okay. It looks like it's this pure thoroughbred at the peak of its health. Um, oh, this Agnes, you would probably, and Azar, I think, would know this as well. This would probably be like the lord, the lord's horse, like the head of the whoa. family or the, the the head of the, you know, the lord or lady of the house's personal steed. Um, I ask it, do you want to come back to this plane? It doesn't understand that question. Do you want to be whole again? Mm. Do you like to be how you are now? It nods its head. Oh, okay. 
Um, you can see it trots and it walks through the walls and then it trots back round. Cool. Our, our As if kind things, of saying, like, I like being able to do this. This is yeah. fun. Right. Are other things in the castle like you? Uh, it shakes its head. Okay. Because it doesn't know. You get the you get the oh. idea it doesn't know. It doesn't know. Yeah. Um with that, Clive and uh Tarkle come back from their little joint, uh, Real, their little jaunt. Really jaunt. quick, with this sword, I'd like yeah. to use uh my magic awareness and oh. see magic. Oh. Sure. What does magic awareness do? Read it out for us so that we all understand the power of the wild man. So uh, as an action, you can open your awareness to the presence of concentrated magic until the end of your next turn. You know the location of any any spell or magic item within 60 feet of you that isn't behind total cover. When you sense a spell, you learn which school of magic it belongs to. Let's kind of like detect magic. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there's a couple of things. Um, the sword is not magical, I'm Ooh. sad to say. It is just <laughs> ornate. Uh, Tarkle and and Clive probably wouldn't know this, but Tarkle, you estimate it's probably worth like two hundred and fifty gold for this kind of really fine weapon with steel, with silver and gemstone onyx in the hilt. Um, it's not magical, sadly. But Clive, I mean, again, like Kazara did, this whole area is suffused with necromancy, evocation magic, the horse. Um, there are strong elements of transmutation uh, and necromancy uh, combined in as well. Um, you don't sense anything else in this immediate area. The horse, mm. the air, very much have strong elements of, of magic. All right. But sadly, no magic sword. Not yet. Mm. Uh, once Clive and Targle come back, mm-hmm. I will turn to them and say, well, I guess the only place now to go is into this castle with unspoken necromancy plane shifting evils to get back a lantern i found the sword that is a beautiful sword however it is not a lantern does anyone want it then got no use for it it's worth uh something i hear you like something on this plane <laughs> tarkle could use a sword like that he just uh, slams it into tarkle's chest here you are lad <laughs> yeah <laughs> hold on to it thank you uh agnes i guess they finished asking the, the horse question so before like the last thing she'll ask him and this is totally stolen from chat thank you she'll just put her her face up to him and go are you a good boy are you a good boy yes you are yes you are okay uh and i i explain like we're going in the castle we're friends now if you want to hang out let us know. <laughs> Otherwise, I would like. I would like, go I would be like free. Agnes and Azara, have you, as you are the two that spent time talking to it, both of you to make animal handling checks. I really hope see what impression you leave on this this beast. We're friendies. Twenty-two. Fifteen. That's enough. Um, it nods its head and it trots over uh, to like uh, away from the buildings. But it kind of gets down as if resting. As it like takes a moment where you know, like horses, they kind of hunch up and kind of rest. Um, mm-hmm. And it it seems to stop. It, it seems to almost be waiting. He's Aww. gonna come with us. We hey, get good back. boy. We got good boy. This is making me emotional because the horse I'm gonna lease. He's a black horse named Boo, and I just <gasps> imagine that he's gonna. He's a beautiful black horse. Maybe his middle name is Shroud. Oh my God, Boo Shroud. <laughs> Uh, you yeah. unleash the horse girl in me, Mark. This is I, your fault. I am well aware of what I did when I put this horse in. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> There's a reason that I was like, oh yeah, Agnes, you can hear scraping. What's that noise? Because <laughs> oh, I knew she yeah. couldn't resist. Mm. But anyway... Uh, there's only really this other building, this cottage. If you don't want to explore that, the only real there's there's only one place. Well, you can hear the sound of the Starwater River nearby. Near this heavy, fast flowing river. But looking up from these buildings, you see Castle Braywinter, maybe a hundred to hundred and twenty feet up into the mountains. And to get there, you have to climb up this tall, spiraling stone staircase dug into the mountains. And then there is this bridge that spans all the way across the river and connects the two, uh, where you where you go up from here and the the doors that lead into the castle interior. Um, you must cross this bridge. Uh, on the other side of the river, the cliff face is sheer. Uh, it's been purposely carved and sculpted to be an incredibly difficult climb up to the castle walls. The castle walls are maybe like 30, 40 feet um tall as well um very very uh imposing this would be as anybody with i think for clive especially militarily uh this is a very defensible castle uh this would be very difficult to besiege and attack um so whatever happened here well you can only begin to imagine what it was quick question yes did we happen to pass a sign that said now entering Barovia? <laughs> okay, cool. I just There's no mist just checking. There's no just I'm dark. just listen, there's no, no mist. mist. Just dark. Just Just dark. Yeah. You said another plane. I just I gotta I gotta just make sure that we didn't trip into Barovia. <laughs> well, it's been done. Oops. Old school. <laughs> Oops. I wouldn't I wouldn't inflict that. Uh, again, <laughs> thank you. There's, there's a lot of people that have had too much trauma in Barovia here, so thank I you. think okay. everyone, I thank think you for that recognition. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but that doesn't mean that you don't get you don't get Mark original spookums. Um, spookums. So. But yeah, uh, like I said, this place is pitch black. It's like you're in the dead of night, and there is this just these looming stairs leading upwards. Huh. Was there still a like cottage? Yeah, there's a cottage as well. There's this kind of ruined cottage if you'd like to check that out as well. Yep. Sure. Yeah, um, Clive heads in, old and brave. Uh, the cottage is very damaged on the inside, but it's stable, not like, um, you know, that you can move about in it without any checks or difficulties, but it's broken. Um, you step in to what feels like complete darkness, but your dark vision does adjust. Although, again, it's like the shadows here seem deeper and darker longer they stretch out way more than they should inside the cottage you find a large dining space with broken tables and toppled over chairs a brick fireplace uh, as well as a kitchen uh, kind of set aside with stone worktops some broken barrels remnants of things that once were but all of it's fallen into deep disrepair uh, there is a staircase that leads up um, if you wish to head up there as well. I want to like turn on my perception hat and like so, I'm in full scan mode for any places where little items is, could be hidden. That is your passive perception. I have a record of it. You need not worry. Um, okay. If you'd like to like go room to room and spend time, that would be an investigation check. I want to do that because that's what we're here for, right? Is Absolutely. finding these artifacts. So I want to investigate. Absolutely. That's sure. true. I would also do that. Absolutely. Please make investigate checks as you see fit. I, You know what? I have angered 
the dice gods by rolling a nat 20, as I am never supposed to do. So I just rolled my third natural one of the day. I got a seven, so I ain't seeing shit. Okay. Uh, Taco, investigation, or are you not bothered? Yeah, I tried investigating. My eyes are closed. Actually, it's a total of a nine. (laughs) Total of a nine. Okay. We all cannot see. You do? Well, you all move through, and I think Agnes, you're kind of like... uh, Agnes and Azari are distracted by, yeah, just... The shadows in this place are unnerving. Like every time you think you've seen something, it actually, you know, it, it was like the shadow of a, a chair that's twisted almost to make it look like a person. Um, you know, this this place unnerves you. Um, Clive, as you're making your way through, you lead everyone upstairs. Um, and yeah, you find, uh, apart from the kitchen downstairs, you find a series of bedrooms. Um, Tarkle, you do notice something. Um, it's not particularly hard to hard to find, which is why you find it. Inside one of the bedrooms, uh, there is a desk um, that has toppled over, but one of the drawers has come loose. It looks like it's like when it fell over, like some, you know, maybe hundreds or 20 decades ago. It's fallen over and this drawer has popped open. I mean, inside, uh, there is this very tightly bound leather journal. Um, you find a few odds and knickknacks. You find like... Uh, tattered scraps of fabric you find uh some wooden toys in one of the rooms uh like little toy knights on horses um little wooden swords uh maybe like a a hand mirror that might have belonged to you know a servant woman or something like that nothing fancy um maybe kind of lacquered wood um and like a little tiny steel mirror you find like these little knickknacks and odds and ends um but the only thing of like note is this leather journal that's uh sticking out of one of the desks i think i'd just walk in and if that's the only thing catches my eye just nab it sure. um yeah do you open just, it or are you just gonna i'd open it, it. i i just want to look for like a name like quickly hmm. okay um, on the you flip through a lot of the pages have been water damaged and a lot of it's ineligible like the the ink is blurred or it's been worn away um you do find a name stamped into the leather on the back uh it just says christy um no not christy that's the name of uh, their friend uh it says martha stamped in leather on the journal there are some entries which are readable if you flick through the book um near the back there are you know space like weeks or days apart but there are some entries which are readable um if you'd like to read them i have them if you don't i don't have to uh I'm trying to think of tarkle i guess like i get the sense of this book you said it's decade it's it's centuries old essentially holding this thing this thing is old okay then then i then i don't think tarkle would mind would mind reading it he would, okay. he would read it. He wouldn't mind. Yeah. So uh, there's a few entries. Um, most of them are short, written in uh, common hand. This would be kind of similar, like reading through it, would be similar to the kind of way that Tarkle was taught to read and write in the village, in the in the Kingswood. This is not a noble's hand. This is like, you know, uh, a commoner, like a serf. Okay. Um, it reads, uh, Christy and I started working for Lady Cecilia soon, which means we'll be inside the Lords and Ladies' Chambers. I'm excited but nervous. Maybe being around so many mages, I'll learn a trick or two like old Felix. The next entry. Lord Raiden may be the most handsome man I've ever seen. He's like a prince out of a story. His hair is like spun gold and his smile is dazzling. I know Christie is absolutely enthralled with him and follows him about the castle. Lady Cecilia almost seemed to expect it as well. She had one of the other girls start helping me to make up for Christie's slacking. Another entry. And these are all spaced, you know, you can't tell exactly how long, but there's definitely time passing between them. 
I probably shouldn't write this, but Lady Cecilia doesn't like Lord Raiden much. I've been I've heard her cursing his name and his recklessness when she thinks I'm not there. She barely joins the other nobles for dinner or socializing anymore. Just spends all her time in her tower. I'm worried about her. Next entry. Lord Raiden and most of the nobles are having some sort of fancy ball tomorrow, and of course he asks Christie and the other staff who fawn over him to join them. They've been shrieking about it for days, but because I'm Lady Cecilia's handmaiden, I'm not welcome. It's so unfair. And then the very last entry that you can read. Lady Cecilia is a paranoid old coot, locked away working on her stupid lantern whilst the others get ready for their ball and Lord Raiden's big announcement. I'm going to go anyway. I've saved up my pay and bought up a nice dress from the trader. If Christie can go, so can I. That's the last trade. That's the last entry in the journal. Sounds like the land. Oh, did you tell us that, or were you just reading it? Uh, I think I was just. I think I was just reading it, and then okay. assuming we're all going to meet up at some point. Because uh, I think we're, are we walking up these stairs right now, or was this? Uh, you're room? in the cottage. Everyone's in the what? cottage, kind of exploring the rooms and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I think then once we're once we're in a central place, I'll just share all that information. Yeah. Sounds like the lantern must be in the tower. Yeah. Everything is still in place from when these entries were written. Um, did, above game, did we get the sense from that that Lady Cecilia is a mage? Uh, there, I mean, I, I'm happy to read out the entries again, but I mean, it, it makes reference to lots of mages. I and, mean, and working on her lantern. Yeah, I mean, that might, if it's a magical item, that might imply yeah. that she was some sort of enchanter. Um, um or a you know a glass blower or a smith, right. but you don't imagine a noble yeah, yeah. woman would be doing those things. Um, um, then, if Mika and Azara have the same brain, uh, <laughs> she'll say, uh, "If this lady Cecilia is some sort of sorcerer, wizard, enchantress, it could be the reason this darkness has fallen. It could be the reason our our new friend." is partially on another plane. What I'm saying is this could be dangerous if we find it. So I think it's best that we stick together once we find this tower. We approach this lantern with caution if we find it. Nobody's been here for, it seems like, centuries. And I think that there's a reason for that. Um, everything we're learning in the past few hours is just worrying me as, as a magic user myself it's unnerving right so then the tower then yes clive the tower off we go no one here <laughs> uh clive leads you uh heroically and bravely uh, <laughs> up the stairs um out, out of the cottage and towards these stairs that wind up through the hills um, it takes you, you know, maybe a couple, an hour or so, uh, kind of, you're still, you know, a good mile or so away, maybe less than that, maybe sort of like 10, 20 minutes. Eventually, the stairs lead you up and looking down, the Starwater River flows and churns uh, deep, you know, about 100 foot below you, as you stand and look out onto a bridge that seems to extend across the river um, and into the dark castle. The castle is pitch black. The area around you is dark as winter's night. 
the bridge has these columns rising up from it set alongside, but there are no lanterns, there are no torches. There are braziers where, or sconces where torches once hung, but there are none there now. Um, and it just seems to loom out this kind of road stretching over thin air uh, towards the castle gates. And you can see that there is a small gate at the end of this bridge. It's not a large gate. Um, it appears to just be a reinforced wooden door. Uh, the castle has a set of outer walls, and then it has a set of interior walls. You can begin to see the shape of tall buildings inside those interior walls, uh, walls and maybe a courtyard uh, just beyond this main entrance. And uh, if uh, our good friend Dave uh, would like to show uh, the bridge map, and if you guys would like to go on to our little uh, roll 20 there. I see uh, it. You should be able to see... Uh, a little bridge. I'll move you guys over to uh, the start of it. Um, so yes, uh, this bridge kind of extends. It's maybe sort of 80 feet long um, before you reach the kind of small gate that leads into the castle walls. Looks uh, not very flammable. It is, it is made of stone. Uh, it I is like not that a lot. <laughs> good bridge. Good bridge. Yeah, good bridge. Agnes proof. Right, well, off we go then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what are we I mean, so for? far, like, you look around, and it, it's it's just that, yeah, this just seems to extend uh, towards the castle doors, and then that's it. Cool. Let's go. Yeah. I can't tell if the doors are locked or if they're reinforced. Uh, so, yeah, like, who's taking, like, the lead? Um, I'm happy to move people as they need to. I'm assuming, Clive, you're kind of at the front, uh, leading the way. Yeah, he's just, like, it. it's easy to mistake it for, like, bravery, and heroic with heroicness when really he's just kind of dumb, Patience. not thinking like yeah, <laughs> no thoughts cool. head empty. No. All right. So head you've empty. got Clive at the front. Uh, are you guys going in like a line? Is it like Clive and Tarkle side by side? The bridge is about 10 feet wide. So two of you can kind of move along it uh, side by side. Um, yeah. I'd imagine I would be more side, like maybe not directly next to thematically, but yeah, okay. side by side, yeah. not single file. And then Agnes next to her brother. Uh, and then Azara, are you hanging back quite far? Or are you going to move up with the rest of the group? Not far. Um, definitely within spell range, protection range, okay. beating like range. Like what? We're talking like 10, 15 like, feet like more? Like 10 feet. Like 10, 10 feet, feet behind. Yeah. Okay. So sort of about there, if you want to be 10 feet from everybody um, or the most people. Um, actually, technically, yeah, we'll put you there. Um, so. There's a couple of things. Agnes, do you still have uh, Kanda out? Mm -hmm. um, yes. And nobody else has any other light sources, do you? You don't have like any torches or anything like that? I actually wanted to ask a question. Sure. Um, Word of Radiance, it technically does damage every time you speak a radiant word. Mm -hmm. But if you're not trying to like hit something or destroy something, could you like whisper a radiance just to kind of light an area? No. That is what the light spell is for. Word of Radiance is to conjure this powerful blast right. of radiant energy around you. You gotcha. can't shape it. You can't angle it. It is just this kind it's of explosion of light. Yeah. Then no. Okay. So, Kanda, as you are making your way, when you get about halfway across, and this darkness that seems to almost be emanating from this looming castle before you, it's like a heaviness on you. The closer you get, you feel this darkness cloying, sticking to you, almost feels suffocating. And as you get about halfway across the bridge, Kanda's red flames turn blue. 
the whole bird, all of the fire on its body turns this ethereal, shimmering blue. <laughs> and its luminosity, its its brightness comes back, but really barely providing any light at all around you, creating only just the dimmest uh, aura of light around itself as these bright blue flames. And then you hear something the far end of the bridge. It begins with a kind of... (laughs) As you see this form beginning to rise up from the walls just beyond the gate. Black feathers, huge and engulfing, and red eyes, a a giant bird (laughs) rises up and lets out this immense... And we are going to roll initiative. Are you sure this isn't Castle Ravenloft? Ah! <laughs> because there's no, because a raven aloft. <laughs> this bird would be more appropriate to a hawk than a raven. You know what, Mark? This, this isn't a rock, is it? Because then I really feel like I'm in Barovia. It is not a rock. Okay. It's not. It is not. It is large. It is not like it's not rock, rock size. Gargantuan. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Seven for Anna. Fourteen for Mika. So we got 14 for Azara, seven for Agnes, was that? Yep. Tarkle? 11. And Clive of the Wild Mane? 13. Also, 13. at the sight of this, uh, Clive takes his, like, Clive is stoked. He takes <laughs> his morning star, and he literally just holds it like a bat and starts winding up. Okay, cool. Uh, this giant bird sweeps down 80 foot fly speed. It curves around, uh, kind of arcing itself to the side of the bridge. And this great thing, and these great wingspan stretches like a black, uh, you know, black canvas over the night. It turns around. As it does, it swings by and it is going to uh, make several attacks. Uh, the first thing it tries to do is uh, it tries to rake Tarkle with its talons. Um, that is going to be a 23 to hit you, Tarkle. It does. Okay. You take... I react with Uncanny Dodge. Okay. Uh, so it's going to be 8 uh, plus 5, so uh, 13 slashing damage, which you can half to uh, 6. So you take 6 slashing damage. Cool. But then you are grappled as these talons wrap around your body um, and it kind of grips you tightly and then it flies out over the river with <gasps> its grip. Would there be no opportunity attack? You do get an opportunity attack, Clyde, if you wish hey. to make one. Um, it's not finished its attacks for this round, but it does kind of uh, prompt one from you. I'm going to take a swing. Uh, that would be a 14. I'm just checking its movement. 14 to hit. Yes. You swing, and the thing is so fast, and its feathers kind of almost conjuring blackness throw off your aim as the mace, as the morning star wipes, swipes through the air. Not Do I get an attack of opportunity? If you would like to make one, it has to be, unless you have the warcaster feet, it must be a melee weapon attack. Well, shit, lad. I don't. I don't have any melee weapons. I have darts. Can you use darts as melee weapons? Nope. Then I use my fist. Sure. 
Yeah. Punch a bird. I'm punching a bird. Well, if we go by Pokemon rules. 22. Fuck Pokemon rules. So, yeah, whether it's a punch or a kick, Agnes, you kind of just lash out in panic as, as you watch Tarkle grabbed by this thing and pulled away from the side of the bridge. I'm trying to punch it in the leg to let go of Tarkle, just as a point of... Okay. Well, what's the damage on your unarmed strike? Oh, yeah. I get to do damage. It is one. One point of damage. Always one. You just swipe out. You punch the leg and its thick muscles and kind of wiry, uh, sinewy legs. It just bounces off. Like You just like, <sighs> swipe at it trying to get away. Do I um, also it get pulls, an like, opportunity out. attack? Uh, you would not because you were just too far away uh, from the melee attack. However, this thing is not done. Uh, first things first is it pecks uh, with its beak. It like bites into its prey that it's grabbed, which is Tarkle. Um, uh, it has advantage as you are restrained. Uh, however, that's only going to be uh, eight plus nine, 17 to hit. That hits. It was a good lad. I just want chat to know that this is Mark getting his revenge against the rogue. Nope. I want it to be known. <laughs> the uncanny revenge. dodge revenge. 12. Uh, that is 17 piercing damage, um, and you've used your reaction for Uncanny Dodge, so you cannot mm -hmm. use it again. Um, and it bites down and talk when you feel its giant beak kind of like tear into your shoulder. And then when it looks up, it kind of scans the three of you on the bridge. Um, it's not the smartest thing, so it would go for the most immediate threat, which I think would probably be Clive, because it can see armor and weapons. Also and literally eyes. waving this yeah, you're like. Its eyes glow red and beams of black energy come out of its eyes at you. Excuse Clark. me. <laughs> what? That is a natural 20. I'm sorry. Hey, it's fine. It's the first time Mark rolled a 20. And I, you, you all remember uh, my lovely crit rolls is my second time, which wow, means max yeah. dice uh, and then uh, roll the dice again. You know what I'm hearing? Your crits don't matter. My crits matter. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Mark oh Hume's Revenge episode. Oh my goes, god. Fuck you, this bro, is bad. Uh, That's fine. Uh, this is 44 points of necrotic damage. Necrotic? Um, so the beam hits you in the chest, Clive, and you just feel it like trying to not just burn your flesh, but almost trying to sear your very soul as this beam kind of hits you. All that darkness that you've been feeling around you seems to condense like a heaviness in your chest. Um, and yeah, you just feel like this oh, as it strikes you with this beam. Oh, fuck that then. <laughs> Uh, and then that's its turn. It's used pretty much all of its movement, and it's kind of just hovering in the air. It's like flapping its wings, um, holding Tarkle in its grip. Uh, Azara. Yeah. Question. Does this thing seem undead? It is hard to tell. It is shadowy. Uh, right. Its feathers almost have an umbral essence to them. Right. Um, it is difficult to tell uh, right. what is a creature is undead, but right. you are welcome to think it is. Well, first, f before we get into undead nonsense, I am going to hasten my spell. I'm going to do that real quick. So quicken spell. I'm so you can cast it as a bonus action. Yep. yep. So um, two sorcery points. Two sorcery points. And first off, I'm going to cast Guiding Bolt at the third level. Okay. Step. It's going to be a... 24 to hit. That hits. Dope. Then that is 4d6 at the sure. third level. So this is the first nope, level. Nope, 6d6. 
Okay. Oh, yeah, because you cast it at high level. Two, yes, so 66. Three, four, five, six. That's four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 points of radiant damage. 20 points of damage. So, Azar, you summon and you feel uh, the winds seem to build up around you. You can feel this divine energy swelling around you as you remember that tenant from Adri herself, as this golden swirling wind seems to appear in your hands, and then you launch it forwards. The beast tries to swerve, but the light almost spreads out like currents in the wind, and as it pierces through its body, it lets out this incredible shriek, uh, it takes far more damage from that attack than what you think it should, as the light seems to burn its feathers. Its very essence seems to be burnt away by these streaks of golden light um, as it does so. Which means that my next attack roll made against this target before the well, end of my it turn. It is hand. the next attack roll made against it. It's not yours. It's oh, whoever just makes the an next. attack roll. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, before my the end of my next turn. But I still have an attack roll. If you want to cast a cantrip. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna cast a firebolt on it. Okay, you have advantage for the attack roll. Dope. That's a nat 20. <laughs> Dang. So, nice. Yep. Okay, well, great. Uh, so what's the dice? What's the damage on it? Uh, that's 2d10, so 20. So it's 20 plus 2d10. Plus two more d10. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh. That's the crit rules. Plus seven, plus nine. Uh, so that's nine. 16, so 36 points of damage. So in this storm of magic, Azara's guiding bolt streaks through it, and then with the other hand, this kind of flaming red. But and as the as the flame launches out of your hands, by the way, mm-hmm. it is not red, it is blue. Weird. This blue flame launches out. It doesn't seem to maybe have quite the effect you were hoping. Right. Um, there is some resistance to that. Okay. Uh, as it kind of burns through. Um, but yeah, the, the blue flame does definitely strike it. And it <laughs> kind of calls out as you strike it. But I did notice that the radiant damage hurt it. It, the, it, 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 was, it was harming it on a greater level than just the, the energy itself. It was, it was affecting its very essence. Uh, it is vulnerable to radiant damage. Uh, Clive, if this. you are done, Azara, unless you'd like to move. Um, let me look, let me look at our handy D20 or roll 20 map. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's currently hovering about 15 feet or 10 feet away from the bridge's edge. Okay. Um, above in the air and it's a hundred. And I'm long. only 10 feet away from friends. Uh, you are, yeah, you're, uh, 10 feet from Azara and 15 from Clive. All right. I think I'm just going to get a little bit closer to Agnes. Just, sure. uh, yeah. Just to kind of be a united front. Group up. No, I yeah. like it. Yeah. Keep grouping up. Uh, Clive. <laughs> How far how far up in the air is it flying? Uh it is not it, it's kind of perpendicular to the no, it actually it could have gone diagonal movement. So it'd be twenty feet up um mm. and about ten feet out from the side of the, the 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 bridge, basically. So there's ten feet of air, but you also have to go about twenty feet up. Okay. Now as a cat person, <laughs> yes. How how jumpy can can I be DM? Do you have any special jumpy abilities, like uh, racial traits? It would be under that dark green claw. Like he's a kitty meow meow. He should be able to. No. So what it is then? Instead, Nate, what's your strength score? Uh, nineteen. Okay. So as long as you can get a ten foot 
uh, run up. So as long as you can move 10 feet before you jump, you can go 19 feet uh, out. So you could jump 19 feet across or 10 feet up um, is the your long jump and mm. your, your high jump. And um, so you, are, you, you can get to where it is, but it's going to be above you when you jump. Oh, that's no fun then. Okay, so I would like to... Uh, I would like to rage. <laughs> so give me that wild Bam! magic. Give me that wild rage. All right. What is that? Um, uh, magic infuses one weapon of your choice that you are holding. So <laughs> that's stuff. fun. That's fun. Yep. Uh, weapons damage type changes to force and it gains the light and throne properties uh, with a normal range of 20 feet and a long range of 60 if the weapon leaves your hand, uh, the weapon reappears in your hand at the end cool. of the turn. Cool. You That's just got the most great. perfect roll for what we're fighting. Throwing Morningstar? Yeah. You mean so Thor's hammer, but Morning. It's perfect. But the only thing to remember is when you throw it, it doesn't come back until the end of your turn. So you'll only get one attack with it if you throw it. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going yeah. to. So then I'm going to run up with my Morning Star and just like start spinning. Yeah. Like a shot put. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So also, when you see Clive kind of like this, he like tenses and this multicolored aura of magic. And in the dimness, there is like a, it's not as vibrant as it was before, but you see this swirling sea of magic coalesce around his leonine form. And then it just gets sucked into his weapon, which begins vibrating and glowing with this energy um, as he spins and, and throws it through the air. And I would also like to yeet recklessly. You may yeet recklessly. Cool. So <laughs> the only way to yeet, honestly. True. Okay, so Who that's with care. <laughs> that's it's not it. Antithetical. It no, is. The advantage. Ah. Uh twenty-one. That does hit. Um, yep. The the cool. morning star spins through the air. So it just it in the wing. Did uh, I read that, but I forgot it. Did it add damage, or is it just changing uh, It's just damage? force damage. It doesn't add any extra damage, I don't believe. Okie doke. So then that will be uh, 10 damage. 10 points of damage. Is that including your rage bonus? Because D&D Beyond doesn't add that. Oh, there's a... Wait, hold on. Yeah, you get oh, plus three damage. Three, so 13. 13. Perfect. Uh, and that's force damage. So where the fire seemed to be less effective, the mace punches through this creature's like umbral feathers and shadowy form and it definitely like it kind of gets thrown back um and then as the the morning star begins to tumble you hold out a big paw and it just whoosh, snaps back into the hand at the end of your turn ah that's great love this love this for me uh and if anything else clive movement that's at the end of your turn really so i guess that's it yeah, uh, that talk will be it when the bird gets hit, does it loosen its grip at all? Like It what? does not. It is holding on too tight. So for your benefit, uh, Tarkle, you are currently restrained, uh, which means you have uh, your speed is zero. Attack rolls against you have advantage, and your attacks have disadvantage. You have disadvantage on deck saving throws. Um, you can use your action to try and escape. Um, so you make an acrobatics or an athletics check to try and escape the grab. I will make an acrobatics check. Okay. Plus four. I have disadvantage though, right? So I throw all twice. No, that's on attack rolls, not on. Uh, oh, okay, okay, cool. So I thought I heard acrobatics. the word decks. Ugh. Uh, nine plus four, 13. Is not enough. You're trying to uh, squeeze and writhe, but you can't break this thing's grip. It's got you tight in its talons. One wrapped around an arm, one wrapped around your torso. You're just. Uh, you can still attack, but you have disadvantage. 
All right, I'll try to stab him. It's like, hmm. Hold on. I'm going to cast command. Okay. Uh, and they must succeed on a wisdom saving throw. And what is I your DC? 16. 16. What's the command? I get to give a one-word command, so I need to figure out exactly what I want to say to it. You gotta um, give it to me now. Uh, Can we help him? Return. Ah, oh, that's exactly what I was gonna say. You're so smart. Ah! Return. I feel like it's gonna mm. just fly off with me somewhere else. Yeah, okay. And that's on its turn. It has to obey that command. Right? Uh, let me see. Uh, the spell has no effect. Target is undead. Oh, the spell has no tar- effect if the target is undead. Okay, it doesn't work. <laughs> okay. Uh... The command just doesn't seem to affect it. Well, probably uh, a good thing in the long run. So I guess my turn's over. Uh, so that's your action yet. Yeah, nothing else? Uh, is it? All right, Agnes Crown Silver. You see your, your brother being held by this thing. Um, it looks injured, like the, the burns from uh, Azara's magic and Clive's, and Clive's Morning Star have definitely wounded it. Um, but yeah, it is holding your brother out in the open air. My brother is, it looks to me like he is within 15 feet of the bridge, right? He is, yes, 15 feet of the bridge from where his current position is. He's kind of being held in the middle of this thing. So I, I send Candor out into the ravine to perch on my brother's shoulder and cast fiery teleportation and boop him back onto the um, bridge. Okay. And so how does fiery teleportation work? Is it, uh, is it, I will read it to you. Yeah, uh, the do. spirit and each willing creature of your choice within five feet of it teleport up to 15 feet to an unoccupied space. You can see each creature within five feet of the space that the spirit left must succeed on a deck saving throw or take 1d6 plus four fire damage. Okay. All right. So uh, I will make the saving throw for the beast. Um, it fails, the saving throw. So Candor flies open this kind of flickering blue flamed bird, uh, lands on uh, your shoulder, Tarkal. And then if you are willing, which I'm assuming Tarkal is, uh, yeah, uh, you watch as it in- explodes in flames and then he teleports back to the very edge of the bridge um, and this flame erupts around. How much damage? Seven. Seven points, okay. And then for my action, I shall shoot it with a longbow. <laughs> okay. I roll 15. The arrow does try and like it, it it hits the creature's feathers, but it has no effect. It doesn't hit the armor class. Um, All right. The kind of umbral form seems to just absorb it. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I already did the cool thing, so. Okay. Um, yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> on its go, uh, it looks in Azara's direction and it seems these eyes glow with that red hatred and it's going to fire this beam at Azara. I understand. uh, For a 21. Yeah, that hits. Yeah, yeah. So that is this much necrotic damage for Azara. That's 16 points of necrotic damage to Azara. Yeah, I understand. It then swoops in, does not like its prey being taken away and tries to grab Tarkal again. No! Uh... Uh, that's going to be 24 to hit Tarkle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
that is going to be 12, 17 more points of slashing damage. Okay, I'm not going to, I'm not, is this his first attack this turn? It is its first attack this turn against you. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, I'm just going to, I'm just going to take it all. Take it all. And take it all. Okay. Yeah. It then pecks at Clive with its beak because it has a reach of 10 foot. Dang uh, it. That's going to be 28 to hit Clive. Hey. Uh, so now you're raging, yes, because this is piercing damage. So that's going to be half. Uh, that's going to be nine. So that's uh, 14, so half to seven for you, Clive. Ha! Um, uh, Taco, you were grabbed again when its claws got you, by the way. Um, and then it flies under the bridge. Um, it attack flies. of opportunity. You do get an attack of opportunity. Yep. <laughs> um, all three of you would if you wish to make them, but it does have to be a melee attack. I, I punch it one. again. Sure. <laughs> Dirty 20. Uh, that hits, Cliff. That does not hit Agnes. <laughs> You're 13 <laughs> to hit. That would be... I can math. Six. Six points. Okay. Does a 14 yep. hit? Uh, is your Morningstar magical? It's force damage, isn't it, at the moment? And it did yes. get infused with magic it said it did mm -hmm. yeah uh, uh sorry azara was that 14 hit that does not hit you also swipe you and agnes desperately try and grab this thing it swoops in like it's biting at clive as it grabs tarkle in its talons it pulls away clive swipes so that you guys rush forward and then it just kind of spins in the air ducks under and flies under the bridge uh coward yeah, uh, and it, it it basically hovers there for a second. So it's it's you guys can't see it where you are currently. You you might be able to like like dangle yourselves over the side of the bridge to see it, but right now it's like hovering underneath uh, the bridge exactly. Does it want to? No, it can get another peck in. It probably thinks it can probably eat you safely down here. Uh, Azara, it's my turn. It is your turn. Uh, I'm on the edge of the bridge. On you are on a one edge of the bridge, yes. Can I lean over and yeet some radiant damage under the bridge? <laughs> you can try to. This thing, if you're just kind of leaning over, mm -hmm. like, um, if you're not, like, hanging off from a rope, like, completely under it, mm -hmm. this thing has three quarters cover uh, against any attacks from up on the bridge. I was not expecting this. Um, oh! You can hear, like, <laughs> Um, I have a feeling it would succeed this. I don't, I don't know if this is a smart idea. Well, but I'm gonna try it anyway. That's the best kind of move. Um, I'm going to hasten my spell again. Okay, so another two sorcery points, quick yeah. spell. We're gonna do that real quick. Need to mark that down? Okay. Can I do my cantrip first, or do I have to do my spell first? Uh, you can do your cantrip first. Cool. I would like to try and lean as much as possible, which is safe, over mm -hmm. this bridge. And I would like to lightning lure this bird. What's the range on lightning lure? Because this thing is kind of floating several feet under the bridge as well. Fifteen. I'm going to say that the bridge itself is like ten foot like thick. Okay. And I don't think it's going to be in range of the lightning. Okay. Then so I... it's, it's like maybe 20 feet okay. from like top of bridge to, to where it is. Okay. Then if I knew that, I wouldn't have hastened the yeah. spell because I wouldn't have done that. No, that's that, fine. But, that's okay. fine. You can take those back. Yeah. That's my, that's my bad for not explaining it. No um, worries. No worries. Um, okay. 
then I will just take a chance. I'm just gonna shoot. Take just, a chance on me. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just gonna shoot it. I'm just gonna shoot it. With what? With, I'll do a little second level guiding bolt. Okay, go for it. Might as well. No, I so take that back. Because I think, can my elemental spirit fly? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think it can, but... Uh, <gasps> air! Air! An air spirit can hover. Okay. Cool. I'm going to summon an air spirit. Okay. So that's yeah. your action to summon the air spirit, yeah? Yes, it is. My action to summon the air spirit. So I summon a little air boy. Okay. It looks like a, like a cloud dragon. It's conjure uh, elemental spirit, isn't it? Summon elemental spirit. Summon elemental spirit. Yes, and it says that speed is 40 feet, air only hover. Okay. Um, Uh, So this is the, yeah, if you choose the air form, it has the the flying speed. Cool. Yes. All right. Yes. Uh, So you summon that? Yes, and now that is my turn. So now it is his turn. Okay. And he's going to fly on over to the bird, and he gets to smack it. Okay. He gets a multi-attack. Number of attacks okay. equal to half the spell's level rounded down, which is level four. So he gets two attacks. Okay. Um, and I have his stats right here. Yep. Which to attack to hit is plus eight. Sixteen plus eight. That hits. Yes, uh, that I'm... will. So if it's flying next to him, that hits. Yes. Okay, Sorry, cool. I'm trying to and cover then, a lot of things. Um, damage is one d ten plus eight. <laughs> Which is four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve points of damage for the first one. What type of damage is that? Bludgeoning. Okay, so it, again, it seems semi-resistant to this, like okay. not being magical energy. It kind of is buffed, but it still hits and does okay. damage. Uh, <laughs> Tarkle, you feel like this thing being jostled around as you're now sort of wrapped up in its talons. Um, and then second attack, he gets another attack. Hmm. Mm. 11 doesn't hit, does it? It does not. And that's all I can do for right now. All right. Uh, we'll try and speed through this so we can get to the end of the combat. Clive. Okay. So um, it's under the bridge. How far down is the water under the bridge? Uh, about 100 feet. Okay. Um, and it, you say it's three-fourths covered. What is it, What is not under cover? You said the bird's partially covered? Yeah, well, the but like so, it has three quarters cover. So any attacks from up on the bridge, it has like a bonus to AC and deck saving throws from because you can see parts of it, but it's it has better defenses against any attacks from up on the bridge. Right, um, but when, I'm asking because do I see a part I could land on? <laughs> you can certainly try. What would would what would that athletics be? check? Okay, cool. Um. You have the that. distance to jump it. Like you, you could easily just like leap off the side and try and grab onto its beak or its head or something. But All it's right. going to be how well you can grab it as you fall. Going to try and dig those claws in and land on it. Sure. Ooh, that's it's it's high. Uh, that's twenty-two. Twenty-two. You. <laughs> these big kitty paws thump on the stone you leap over it kind of like vaulting over the side uh, of the bridge and you just free fall for a few seconds um and then you just grab onto this mass of black furs you're hanging around its neck its beak is uh and you're just like, holding on don't worry lad we'll get you out soon there and i'm gonna 
I'm, I'm going to take a stab at it with my morning. Sure, spell. yeah. Yeah, I'd say maybe make one attack against it this round because, like, the grabbing mm -hmm. is, like, partially in action. And then yeah, I'll give you, sure. like, a free kind of, like, <laughs> with a mace of the morning star. Sweet. With this, could I still be reckless with it? This oh, all yeah. Seems reckless. This is reckless. All right, <laughs> all right. So that, the first one is a 21. Let me just see if I crit. Yeah. No. Okay. Okay. 21 hits. All right, so... No cover anymore, so I'm just going to move Clive over here as well. Yep. And that's... So, let's see that. Ooh, six. Uh, 13 damage. 13 points. Okay, mm -hmm. and you do still have uh, infused weapon. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Um, so, the, yeah, unless there's a bonus action, that's pretty much your turn done, Clive, I think. Um... <laughs> I'm Unless. going to, as my bonus action, daunting roar right in its face. Uh-huh. And it has okay. to make a wisdom saving throw 16 or be frightened because I don't want it down here. So who knows what's going to happen? It is. So you let out this roar and something shakes this bird, some primal thing. Maybe it is undead. Maybe it's a spirit, but it still has this form of this beast. And in the face of a predator, it begins to panic and it wants to get away from you, but you're holding on to it. And it's like shaking its head. Uh, it is frightened. It has the frightened condition. That'll be it. Okay. Uh, Tarkle then. I'll try and speed through these. Yeah. I'm going to just go ahead and try to stab it with my dagger. Okay. Actually, first, first, I'll try, first I'll try to escape. I'll try to escape. Okay, so if you escape, that's your action. You don't get to attack again. If you if you try to escape, that's your whole action. I'm going to kill it. I'm going to try to kill it. I'm going to try to okay. hit it. Disadvantage on the attack roll. Oh, that'll be great. Uh, 12 plus 8 is dirty 20. And then a 20. I wasted a 20, so dirty 20. Does still hit. Uh, yeah. Technically, you have an ally within five feet. Because Do it, lad! He's holding on like this. Did that we show? go all the way where we want. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, okay. So that's seven normal damage and then 16 sneak attack for 23 total. Cool. So you reach up and with Kiss of Silver, you plunge it into the side of this, uh, this feathered body and the magic dagger slides in and you feel it buckle. <laughs> it's just in this freaking freak out panic as it desperately tries to pull free. Anything else, Tarkle? No, that's it. All right, Agnes. And then that will be us wrapped up. I'm going to. It looks like they've got it right. Like it oh. looks very. It looks heavily injured now. It's free. It's in a panic. Uh, <laughs> Clive is holding on to it. I, 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 I've, I've never, I've never remembered about this, but I've had patrons wrath, and I want to deal an extra four damage of whatever element my patron is, because I don't know, I don't know what my patron That's is. Right, you don't know, do you? But I get four extra damage of whatever that is, and I've been forgetting. And it's, and it's four damage. Four damage. It's four damage. Because uh, it's my proficiency. Real? My proficiency is plus four. That kill okay. it. So you watch. Clive sees this uh -oh. as Tarkle stabs the knife into it. The brooch that he wears on his cloak, this deep green emerald, flashes. Something flashes in it, Clive, but you're too reckless and raging to see what it is. Nobody else sees what it is. There's just something flashes, and this thick green mist pulls from the blade and spreads into the stab wound and begins to pulse through this thing's body, turning its like whatever flesh and body you can see begins to rot and decay uh away 
And as its form collapses, Clive and Tarkle drop and begin to free fall as it is no longer holding you up. And that is where we will end today's episode. <laughs> Wee! Oh, I love that. You know what stinks is that Agnes could have gotten us back again with like another teleportation. Had that for damage well, I not don't, killed. Can she do that again or is there a recharge on it? I think I can oh, do it again. Oh, I can, can do, do it, it every turn. Yeah. Okay. Well, you had to get those feet, extra four hit points in. I just, they're 20 I, I feet saw. below as well. They, they might be just out of reach of the teleport, I think. So, because it's 15 feet, right? It's a 15 feet teleport. It is 15 feet, but can I reach down five feet and grab their hand? It's well, okay. maybe one of them. Maybe there's one a, of them. We'll see there's next a giant, week. There's they a giant air sonal, elemental spirit, guys. We're good. Oh, yeah, that's true. Maybe. That's true. We'll find out next week. Giant dragon. We'll find out next week. Um, but yeah, uh, real quick. Very, very quick shout outs. Mika, go. Uh, find my things at, at Mika Burton. Also, watch me play Diablo stuff uh, with the Critical Role people, uh, BlizzCon on the 20th, something like that. I don't know. Okay, Anna, go. <laughs> you can find me at Anna Prosser everywhere or my dog, Happy Nisky. I have extra brains this week. We're going to be talking about uh, constructive criticism, how to give it and take it, as well as uh, thoughtful gift giving. And I forget everything else I choose Nate. Um, uh, me and Shady and some other friends might be streaming some Minecraft Pokemon tomorrow. Shady, go. Yeah, nice. so we will be doing that. Uh, also, follow me on Twitter at ShadyPenguin because you'll find everything out there. And also, right after the stream, I'm tweeting out a hilarious clip of me losing over 20 hours in Minecraft survival hardcore mode. So that was fun. Mark, go. Oh, that Minecraft, Minecraft hardcore. I know that too well. Uh, you can check out my normal D&D show, High Rollers D&D. &D. It's pretty much on every platform. High Rollers D&D, &D, Twitch, Twitter, uh, everywhere, podcast, all of that stuff. We stream on Thursdays and Sundays. Come and check that out. I also stream on my own personal Twitch, Sherlock underscore Humes. Uh, next week, I'm going to be doing a special one-to-one uh, D&D &D session with a very uh cool and lovely streamer it's going to be chaotic as heck um hopefully it doesn't change but i'm going to be doing a one-to-one -one, uh dnd with code miko uh on both hers and mine twitch so you can come and check that out next wednesday that's it uh take care enjoy we'll see you all soon we gotta go bye bye everyone bye